indeed great things he has done somebody say amen. amen he has done wonderful things amazing things and you're welcome to grace life and you know what it is it's a house where you find your peace and rest somebody say amen, amen. it's a house where you are delivered from religion so you can you can enjoy the fullness of all that christ has done that's what we do here amen and amen and so this morning i want to continue from where we stopped we've been talking about creating your life vision somebody say creating my life vision so it is either you conceive it you receive it or from what you have you see your way forward and let me repeat this one more time let me repeat this one more time i have seen a lot of people know bible quote bible preach bible but when you go around them they even they know that things are not working well they know and so those are the answers that god is putting in our heart because like we confess this morning you are light and you cannot bring forth light when you are not manifesting light people have to see the light to follow somebody say amen. amen they have to see it it has to be tangible and we began talking about don't forget and i will cap this as we go down the message we said that in this house you will become better and you will do better is that what we said and we say that achievement is not a bad word it is only bearing fruit we are in fact when man opened his eyes the first thing he heard was be fruitful and do what multiply let me hear you say i'm fruitful come on say like a minute i'm fruitful and i'm will continue to multiply what is why is multiplication important because that's how what you carry with each other people the grace you carry with each other people the wisdom you carry with each other people the light that you carry but the church has not done that why because we have not believed like i was sharing this morning and we have not believed because we have not been taught you that is carrying the light is living in condemnation and in bondage so how can your light shine and that is why we spend time here cutting you away from all those bondages so that you will realize who you are to stand so that you realize and you stand you stand on the truth and you stand on the vision for your life you are i know you have had this but maybe you have not believed it but don't forget god didn't bring you here to just be anybody anyhow no jesus says i have come to fulfill all that was written concerning me right so as jesus take come now so you take now so yourself come you know that right mm -hmm. because now we are him is that true because we've been made one you just confess that you are one with him we've been made one so whoever he is that is who we are somebody say very loud amen. amen once you understand that you find out that you are not the one desperately looking for help you are a help giver you are not the one looking for light you are the light giver and the more that light shines guess what whether men like you or not they will honor you it will bring things back to you hmm? you know that right and once you bring that that's why i still say to people we are not here to put god inside of you god is already inside of you we're only here to help you bring out the god inside of you so that when you speak it's god speaking your wisdom your wisdom and somebody here i said this over prophets over your life your word will guide nations in the name of jesus kings will be guided by your wisdom in the name of jesus hallelujah and so creating a life vision but this morning let me begin by telling you showing you a beautiful story and those of you who listen to yesterday's broadcast i started with this i'm going to share with you a very beautiful powerful story that jesus told and the reason is to show you that what we are telling you here is the framework of how God works. 
we are not copying somewhere i don't download i don't download someone's i don't you know and i don't struggle i only let me tell you the things i teach i see it before i teach that's why i can describe it the way i do because i see it with my eyes so it's not something i go to read from somewhere and i told you guys here that the word of god given to us is also a guiding light for our life is that true i was sharing with them this one that's why it's difficult to bring somebody else to teach because you know we are going from step to step from step to step and so that's why i've encouraged people to always follow because we are not reading bible for the sake of reading bible we are reading it so that we can live it and living it is following the light that god has given to us praise god are you with me so far are you sure all right give me john chapter 15 we're creating your life vision don't forget either you create it you conceive it you see it you receive it but you gotta have it a life without a vision is like a boat or a ship on high waters without a sense of direction you're beaten about by every wind of doctrine but see a man who knows where he's going see consistency force in because you know where you're going right a sense of direction you know where you're going praise god so watch this so jesus told this beautiful story and because of time i'm not going to read the whole thing i'll give you the background and we catch up some from somewhere this is the story of where they taught us about the prodigal son now don't forget jesus never called the boy prodigal son prodigal just means extravagant so even that story the father could also be a prodigal father you will see it now even though some bibles wrote it prodigal son but jesus never called him prodigal son prodigal is man extravagant so it's a boy who went to his father the bible says he has two sons and the younger one went to the father and said hey you know give me my own thing i don't want this your influence i don't want this your grace i don't want this your wisdom give me what belongs to me let me work out go and in the jewish culture that equals to telling the man he's dead that as far as i'm concerned you are dead that's what that means i want you to follow me carefully him going to ask for those things because he was supposed to have gotten those things after the man is dead right so asking for them means that as far as i'm concerned you are dead give me my own thing i want to go the father said okay no problem that's what you want don't forget before i move on if you read up when you go home please help me do that read up in fact read the whole entire luke chapter 15 to, to understand why jesus told the story sorry luke so it's, it's going to be luke 15 right yeah it's luke is it luke right luke 15 okay so i'm going to come to that luke 15 read the whole chapter the bible will tell you that the reason jesus was telling that story the reason was because people who were identified listen to me who were identified as notorious sinners tax collectors the arboros the 419ers the thieves they were gathering around jesus always and then the godly people the pharisees and the teachers of the law were offended jesus wasn't complaining they were the ones complaining they said how can this man be from god look at the kind of crowd <laughs> look at the kind of people who is following him they were they were very upset said so look at the kind of crowd you know remember past collectors were the worst sinners to the jews i've explained that to you that's why you see their mention in the gospels because past collectors were jewish people who were working for the romans so first of all they were they were looked as betrayers people who have betrayed their own people because the jews are not supposed to be taxed they are free people 
So this Roman government comes and imposes a tax on them and is using their own people, their own brothers, to collect the tax. Now, in addition to that, these people were defrauding the people because, you know, the, the, the Romans, as long as you give them what they ask you to give, you're okay. So you can add your own stuff. So they were fraudulent. They were very rich people. Remember the rich tax man that Jesus went to his house, right? So they were, they were hated. So if you're the tax collector, you're the worst sinners. So these are the people that were hanging around Jesus. In fact, Jesus went to their house to eat. <laughs> the church is here to wake up. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Yeah, we have secluded ourselves in our own piety and self-righteousness. It's not going to get anywhere. And so these people complained. So because of their complaint, Jesus began to tell this story. He told three stories. And that's what I want you to read. The first one he said is a shepherd. Talking about Jesus. He said he had 100 sheep. One was lost. He left the 99 and went looking for the one. If you don't read the story correctly, you will not remember that nobody does that. Nobody leaves 99 and go and look for one. Is that true? That would be stupid. Come on. That would be stupid. What you will say is that this one, the only one now, make it go, Abby. But no one leaves. That tells you how much God wants to save everybody, beloved. You may, I may have given up on somebody. doesn't mean that God has given up on them. He wants to save them. He lived in 99 and he goes looking for the one. As if that was not enough, he told them another story. He said a woman had 10 coins and lost one. She swept all of the house until she finds the one that was lost and then she calls a party, tell his neighbors, your neighbors will think that you are stupid. I had 10 coins and I lost one and now come and celebrate with me. Not because of the nine, but the one that I found. Nobody does that. Now as if it was not enough, Jesus told him a third story and that's the story we are looking at. He said that this man had two sons, the last one came and said, give me my own things, let me go. And the father gave to him. The boy, of course, took it and went and kept enjoying himself, enjoying himself until he got stranded. Now, let's pick up the story from verse number 14. Verse 14. Let's pick up the story from verse number 14. And just follow. So, with everything spent, so he has run out of everything. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was severe famine in that land. He grew hungry. He has blown away his money. Next line. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed pigs. Now let me explain this to you. For the Jew, that is the lowest you can ever get. Remember, Leviticus tells them you cannot keep pigs. They don't touch even up to now. The Jews has no business with pigs. So for a Jewish man to go and be tending pigs, that's the lowest of his life. Now, now watch this. Even get worse. Next line. Next line. It gets worse. The son was so famished. Pastor, not famished. <laughs> the son was so famished he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one will give him feed him a thing so watch this not only is this boy at the lowest part of his life he's even going lower and lower he's not ready not only to feed pigs but to eat the food of the pigs notice not to eat the pigs self. <laughs> this is the lowest he could get but how did this start ladies and gentlemen don't think about a boy we are coming to think about our lives. Don't think about a boy. We are coming to think about our lives. Watch this. How did he come to this place? Because he left where he was supposed to be. I have grown. And this is what man did in the Garden of Eden. They said, well, give me the knowledge of good and evil. I know how to take care of myself. Let me know the good to do and the evil to avoid. I can take care of it. Where has he gotten us? 
it brings to death. The Bible says, by one man, sin entered. So don't forget, sin was not adultery, fornication, like you think, all those stuff that is mentioned. Don't forget, those are manifestations of a nature. Sin is nature. What is that nature? It's the knowledge of good and what? Evil. And that knowledge will produce rules, rules that you cannot keep, rules you continue to fall. And the more you continue to fall, the more you are separated from the Father. So don't forget, this boy's condition came because he left where he was supposed to be. I'm grown enough, let me do it. Give me it, give me the loss, I will keep it. Notice this, from the day the Israelites left Egypt, until they received the law, nobody died. Don't forget. Nobody died. They murmured, they did not die. They complained, they did not die. Until the day, from the day they left Egypt, until the day the law was given. Nobody died. And why was the law given? They said to God, tell us what you just want us to do, we do it. Okay, boom. Ten commandments. And the day the law was given, how many people died? Three thousand people that day. The day the law was given, three thousand people died that day. Don't forget, from the time they were delivered until the law, nobody died. Not even single one. But the day the law was given, three thousand people died. And of course, you know the reality of that. Because the day the spirit was given, how many people were saved? Three thousand people. Trying to tell you this difference. The Bible says, don't forget this, don't forget this. The Bible says, the letter kill it. It don't matter how you follow the law, it leads to death. Because there's condemnation always present in you. And that's what becomes your manifestation. Right? Don't forget that. It don't matter. The Bible says, the letter kill it. And when it's talking about the letter, it's about the law. The law will always kill. But it says, the spirit gives life. Somebody say it loud, Amen. So no detail in the Bible is insignificant. They all mean something. 3,000 died when the Lord came. The day the Spirit came, 3,000 people were saved. Alright. So now, understand what I'm trying to show you this morning. So, now, this boy's condition was so because he left his place. He left his place. And watch this. And then so humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and thought. Somebody say thought. Mm -hmm. I've told you. The other translation simply say he came to himself. In my language today, who can tell me what, if I want to explain this to you, what word will I use? Repent, thank you. He repented. That's all. And everything Jesus came to teach us is to repent. He didn't come to add more rules and more, no, 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 no. You are struggling because you have not repented. The boy repented. And look at what he said. The Bible said he realized he awakened to something and he thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, what am I actually doing here? Watch this. He said, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and even eating the slaw? Somebody says sense. Say, sense don't enter me. <laughs> I tell you, when you come here, you receive divine sense. You see God the way it is. And then it starts to manifest. The God you see becomes your reality. The boy can't get sense. Say, I want to go back to my father's house. And I will say to him, watch this, father, I was wrong. Okay, everybody knows. Now, I have sinned against you. Yeah, everybody knows. But watch this. But what was the intention? Don't forget what the intention was. Right? What was the intention? Now, listen, next line. Go to the next line. And it says, next line, I will never be worthy to be called your son. He's rehearsing this speech with himself. Right? Have I told you that where the mind goes, the man follows? Is that true? 
So now that this repentance is in his heart, like I said all the time, you cannot move a mountain outside that you have not first moved where on the inside of you. Is that true? Perception will always control reality. Now he has a different perception of his father. So, suddenly there's an open door. Watch this, and I say this to people. If your destination is north and you are driving south, it doesn't matter how persistent, consistent, committed you are driving south, it will never get you to a destination. Never. I have seen many people who are serious for God with wrong knowledge. Committed to God with their life, but they are heading south. The only way to get not is to do what? U-turn. What is U-turn? Repent. That's all. You can be consistent. In fact, the more persistent you are, the farther you are going away from your destination. And so when I say people, if you want to be committed, make sure you are committed to the truth. Make sure you are committed to the right thing. Watch this. He says, I will never be worried to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. Look up here. What was the intention? What is the driving factor in this whole conversation? Yeah? Mm -hmm. But wait, what's the physical? Why is this boy saying this? Hunger! Hunger! He never came to a place where he said, you know what? What I did was so wrong to my father. He was hunger. Survival. All these nice words he's saying is because he was eating the food of pigs and he said, wait a minute, in my father's house, ah, at least let me play this game. I will go and say, I'm not your son again. Just hire me. Have pity. <laughs> Why was he doing this? So that you have food to eat. That's all. And don't laugh too much. Because when you look at the truth, you find out that this is our story. We never came back to God asking to be sons. We came to ask him things we need to survive. You are committed to church because you are just trying to survive. But when your heart opens to the truth, you know that there is something greater than that. Someone say amen. And when you step in this one, you know that survival is a given. In fact, you are not surviving. You are, you are flourishing. Somebody say a loud amen. That's how we came to God, friends. We came because we had that if we don't believe, we'll go to hell. And you don't want to go to hell. Isn't it true? You say, okay, I beg. I know they make I follow. It's this survival. And some people came because they told them, ah, if you obey God and keep his rule, he'll give a good husband. <laughs> and some people came, they said, ah, you don't have a job. Come, just pray to God. God will give you a job. That's why they keep struggling. Because if you get a job, don't forget, you can get a job. But this boy's need was better than food. Did you notice that? Are you seeing now? Oh, but his father knew what he needed. Somebody say aloud, amen. amen. So it didn't matter. Oh, let me not go go beyond myself. Okay, so next line. So the young son set out for whom? Don't forget, Oga. What is it that moved him? Was the repentance in his heart. That's why I say to people, when you repent the right direction, don't worry, you will do what you need, you need to do. Because when the light comes on the inside, that light will guide you. In fact, I don't need to be your husband motivating you. You know what to do. Because where the mind goes, the man follows. As a man thinks in his heart, that is how that man is. 
So the young son set off home for a long distance away. His father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. And great compassion. Somebody say amen. The man knew this. Even though he had declared his father dead. And the Bible says great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him. How many times? Over and over. Not just any kind of kiss, but with tender love. Don't forget, this father here is God that Jesus was talking about. I hope you know that. I hope you know that. So, despite the fact that we didn't come with the right intention, but he welcomed us also. Despite the fact that we don't know what we're looking for. That's why the father we thought, like I said to people many times, people simply come to church to use God to get what they want. Let's be truthful. Let's be truthful. Let's be truthful. You just come, you just think, if I pray to God, and then God will, or God, what you need is greater than what you're looking for. And when you step into what you really need, you will see these other things will fall in line. Somebody say very loud, amen. Are you a person of Understand what I'm saying? But the father didn't count all of that. Neither did God count. You know, no matter how you take enter. There are people who got born again because they told them, just get born again, you will never have a problem again. Just get born again, you have money. Huh? Just get born again. Ah, if they look for who to marry, go to church, you go see, you go see godly sisters. And then you go carry one Jezebel, go house. We have seen it now. That sister, mm, she can tongue. By the time worship goes up, all those who are not semantic, let, let's look at what is inside. <laughs> and when you go to God, you start to look at, you can see, you can see beyond those drama. Uh, my, my brother Julius is here, he will tell you, I have seen plenty of them here. They will come to try to confuse us. He said, Pastor, the Lord sent me to you. I say, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> When you say pray, their tongue will loud everywhere. But mene mene take care of us. And I used to say, don't worry, this one will not last. We know, we know. But we also love you, hoping that you repent. And when the repentance does not occur, after some time, they will tell you they have moved to another city. <laughs> but I thought you said God sent you to me. You don't know what you told me. Right. So, look up here. Just look this. There are many places people came. Some people were looking for fruit of the womb. They, are looking for, they came to church. That's fine. But regardless of that, the father wants us home. Somebody say, every loud amen. Don't forget that. He wants us home. So, he dressed as a beggar. But the physical condition of the boy did not affect his father's reaction. He hugged him. He kissed him over and over. Next line. Let me show you. Next line. And so, now, the, now it is now time for the boy to rehearse his speech. Remember? Now, he said the performance. Now, he's trying to perform. Then then the son said, Father, I was wrong. We know you were wrong. I have sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. Notice that. Just let me be. Notice that. You see the dash? Means that the father did not allow him to finish what he was saying. Alright? Just let me be. The father wouldn't let him say that. The Bible said the father interrupted and said, What? Son, you are home now. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
It don't matter what your journey is, friends. That's what we're saying. It don't matter how painful it has been. It don't matter whether it is your fault or not. But in Christ, we are all come home to our Father. And what we're trying to show people is how to know that you have come home so that you live in the house of your Father. You are no longer an outsider, but you have come home to your Father. It doesn't matter how you got here today. This is the message you take home. It doesn't matter how rough or bad, how good or worse, anything you know, but just know that God wants me to tell you today that you have come home to him. Somebody say amen. And if you dare, like as I said to people, if you make a mistake and believe that, you see the reality in your life. You see the reality. You see that God is not disturbed. That God you'll be asking, uh -uh, why, why is all this happening to me? Now, you will realize that he's there. And he's here to move you forward. Let me hear you say, I'm moving forward. Lord, I'm moving forward. I'm bearing more fruit. And said, Son! You are home now. Next line. Let me show you where my message is going to. Turning to his servants. The father said, quick, quick, bring me the best robe. Somebody say robe. Okay. And now this is where the cross of my message is because I want to explain to you what this is mean. Bring my best robe. Listen to this. My best robe. My very own robe. I'm coming back to that. My Bring my best robe. So that they are certain, he said, bring my very own robe, he said, and I will place it on his shoulders, bring the ring, I'm going to explain that, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger, and bring out the best shoes, so that you can find for my son. Hallelujah. Don't forget, his intentions were not correct. But it doesn't matter. Now, but what was this boy looking for? Was he looking for ring? Was he looking for rope? Was he looking for what was he looking for? Food. He was just trying to survive. You see? I hope your eyes is opening. That this story I'm telling you is not about a boy. It's about our lives. He never one of us came to God and say, pray, Father, I want sonship. Anybody pray like that? Our VG was father this year. Mm -mm -mm -mm. This year. Give me a husband or I die. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And so, I hope somebody's been delivered. Amen. And so, look at this place, number one. But did you notice? The boy looked beggarly. That means he looked hungry, right? Did you notice that the father didn't first give him food? Have you seen that? As terrible as the boy looked, my, you and I, the first thing we'll do is, I beg, give this boy food, make it chop first. Abby? <laughs> That's what we we'll do. You see your son like that, eh, forget about anything, give him food. Give him food first. But the father never mentioned food first. And I'll tell you why. Never mentioned food first. He never mentioned food. But he knew what this boy needed. That's why I said to people, they, they, they told you how to pray long hours, but did you even know what you're praying for? Did you even know what you're asking? Because most of the things you're asking is based on what your flesh reads. You're praying blindly. 
Effective prayers are those who pray in the spirit. Because you can see greater than the physical. Somebody say a loud amen. amen. So watch this. First of all, he said, bring me robe. The best robe. And he says, my very own. What does this robe speak about? He says, my very own. We learn about the robe of righteousness that we receive in Christ. That's what this means. He took his own nature, his own very nature, and he put on the boy. Apostle Peter will explain it this way. He said we are partakers of his divine nature. Despite the beggarly way he looked. And notice, the father did not tell the boy, go and confess properly. Go and fix yourself. And then you qualify to come. Eh, eh, he didn't tell him that. He took his own nature. This robe speaks of the righteousness of God that we receive in Christ. This robe speaks about the glory of the Father that He puts upon us. Somebody say loud, amen. amen. He took His own nature and He put it on the boy. And guess what? Once that nature comes upon Him, it covers His beggarness. It covers everything. Now, He and His Father can operate on the same level because who His Father is, that is who He is. In Christ, what we come to receive is not instructions on how to do better. Mm -mm. What we come to receive is the nature of the Father. And the church still struggles because we have not understood. We don't know what that nature is. We have no idea what that nature is. And that's why people are going all over the place. So first, he gives him his own nature. And that's what we receive in Christ. Then secondly, he said, I will place now bring me the ring notice it says the ring right not a ring right the ring so it's a specific bring me the ring and that read i love i love the tpt because the other translation did explain this you have to do extra study before read the greek and all those things read some notes some explanation to understand what the ring means and so he says bring and that read that ring is the seal of sonship let me tell you in their days, ring was used for authority, like a stamp. Every family had their own stamp that they used to do business. So for your son to do business as you, you will give him that ring. So that's what they used to sign documents. So you knew people by the ring that they wore. That ring identified whose son they are or who they belong to. And so when he comes wearing that ring, you know that this is the son of so 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 and so so. It's not only used for identification, but it carried the authority. The authority of the father is in the ring. Now what I'm explaining to you is the historical context of how they use ring. So it's like a stamp. So for, for me, if my son goes somewhere, signs a document and puts that ring, I'm the one who did it. Somebody say a loud amen. amen. And what does that speak of authority? And it says to us, in my name. When he says to us, in my name, he's given us the ring. In my name, you will do this. Ask in my name. Asking in my name is not in the name of Jesus seven times. Say it seven times. In the name of Jesus. In the name of that one is Babalori chant. <laughs> to ask in the name of Jesus is to ask as if Jesus is the one asking. If I pray in the name of Jesus, even though we say it, we recite it because we're used to. But I want to tell you what it means. So when you are praying in the name, it's Jesus that's praying. That's what it means. Because he has given us a seal of sonship. Somebody say a loud amen. amen. 
This is what I told you. When you hear the truth, you live with fire. I don't have to shout fire, fire, fire. No, fire starts to burn from inside. Somebody say loud, amen. amen. There's a seal of sonship. And that also speaks of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because the Bible tells us that he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. So, not only are we sons, but we are sealed. <laughs> you know what it means to be sealed, right? You know what that means? That means my position is guaranteed. Is sealed. My position in my father. The family I belong to. Don't forget. All this boy came to us were for food. Never forget that. But now, he's been restored. Number one, the nature of his father. Number two, now he has a signet ring confirming his friendship. Giving him the authority to live and to act. Quick question before I explain the last one. With these two he has, will food be a problem? No. Very good. See? Food is no longer a problem. If he steps out in the kitchen, he doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to lift the ring up. Let him see it. They didn't notice that. He doesn't have to struggle. In fact, with the ring in the morning, they'll come and ask him, Master, what do you want to eat? All he came for is for food. But what he has, he's no longer looking for food. He's a supplier of food. Commander of food. That's why I said to believers, you need to sit down and learn who you are. Forget this drama. Forget this semantics. When you do, then your light will shine. Somebody say very loud, amen. Let me say my light is shining. My light is shining. What's that? He has a seal of sonship. And then as if it was not good enough, he said, I'm the bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let me say, say to you how this works. During that day, you knew who is a slave because they were always without shoes. It was the Lord. The slaves never wore shoes. The father was doing everything to distinguish his boy. He came wanted to be a slave. And this shoe is like a covering. It's also, it speaks of authority. Remember, when you talk take about the place where the Apostle Paul was talking about warfare, he said to put, guard your feet with the gospel of what? Salvation, he says. Like there's authority. But apart from that, he speaks of royalty. He speaks of the family. When you see, you know that this one is what to do. Why did the father do all this? Is the question I want to ask you. And just didn't give him food. He came asking for food. He came believing, wanting to be a slave. Now he has his father's nature, number one. Number two, he has authority. Question I want to ask you, first question, before I ask the second. Do we believe that? Okay, first of all, I hope I'm speaking to believers, right? Those who have accepted Christ, right? And if you have not, ah, bros, don't leave here without. It's simple. You see, I take all of you, that's all. I take all of you, Jesus, that's all. No drama. I don't have to think, I surrender, I surrender, oh, I don't have to think about that. Right where you're seated, say, Jesus, I accept all that you are. That's all. I accept everything you are as who I am. I accept what you have done like I've done it. That's what you have to do. I don't, I don't have to, to call the keyboard to place of two to bring you out. If I have to, I will to encourage you. But you can do it. We keep it simple. Somebody say loud, amen. And in the authority of the word, we say if you do that, you are saved. Simple. 
And so, now, the question I want to ask, since we are believers, look up here. Do we have the things? Okay. Do we have these things? Huh? Answer me now. If you don't know, okay. <laughs> Let's ask the questions. As a believer, do we have these things? How many of us believe we have these things? Let me see your hand up. We believe we have these things. Uh-huh. Let me talk on you greasy you have them. So now listen to me. So if I'm praying to for, for you to have it, is that belief or unbelief? Good. You, if you are praying to have these things, is that belief or unbelief? Now you talk oh, so you know what you're saying. If you have it, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, the day Christ walked into our life, this is all he gave to us. First of all, God gave us his own hope. The Bible said he took him who knew no sin and made him to become sin so that we, the sinners, will become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he took his own nature and he wanted upon us. That's why I said to people, I am not a sinner, will never be a sinner, can never be a sinner. Why? Because I'm covered with the robe of his righteousness. That's where I stand. And then, as if he was not good enough, even though we didn't come, look up here. How many of you ever prayed? You locked up yourself in the room. You are praying, Father, I need you. Make me your righteousness. Make me your righteousness. Who prayed that? Because you are confused too, right? Now waiting, thank you, my dear. Now waiting, person, we are asking God for breakthrough. Ah, seven wonders to break through. We are looking for rituals to perform for God to bless us. Hmm. Meanwhile, in Christ, He gave us a ring of authority. That all I'm here to help you to open your eyes is to see the authority that you have, so that you walk in the reality of it. So you manifest that authority. And everywhere you go, you are carrying the authority of God in your hands. The authority of God is with you. Don't forget your hands speak for being productive, right? It's hand that we work with, right? Yeah. You carry the authority of your father everywhere you go. You are not praying for it. You are not fasting for it. No, you believe in the reality of it. That's what I was showing you this morning. The challenge with the church is believing. And they have not believed because they have not been taught. For them to believe right, they have to be taught right. Praise God. Listen, they enter your body. I do it, they enter me. Yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. And so, this is all, all of this we have in Christ. This is my reality now, as I day here now. Once I realized this, my preaching changed. I am no longer preaching circumstantial. I preach certainty. You see? Because I have this authority to look at somebody and say, if you believe, guaranteed, your sins are forgiven. And I have that authority. Somebody say, Amen. You have it too. And it's not only that. It's in, in every other aspect of, okay, what will you be? Think about your life. What will you be? What will you manifest? The day you wake up and realize that, you know what? I have your, I carried God's authority in my hand. I am a son. And God has given me his authority on this earth. Upon this city. Just think about that. When you, at your quiet times, those are the kind of thoughts that you run through your head. Spend time thinking, meditating. I have the authority of God in my hand. And as if he was not good enough, he separated us to tell us we're not slaves. 
like I told you in this church, the messages given to us here are made for sons. Did I tell you that? It's not made for slaves. Because we are not sons, we'll be made slaves. We are sorry, we are not slaves, we'll be made sons. We walk as servants, but we are sons. It's like we are working in our father's company. Even though we are workers, but we own everything. Is that true? Hallelujah. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus in the house. Amen. Glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Now, second question I want to ask to bring this to your mind is this. I asked you this before. Why didn't this man just give his son food first? Why didn't he just give him food? He was beggarly. He was hungry. We have read about that. He must have lost weight. Eyes go inside. Ears stand up. <laughs> And, he, and don't think, when you say walking back, and don't, don't forget, he walked a long distance. So just think in your mind what the boy will look like. Hungry, tired, he's been eating pig food. And then he had to walk distance. Definitely the boy wasn't looking good. But in the midst of all this, the man didn't think food first. Let me give you the answer straightforward. The father knew that this boy's identity needed to be restored. His identity needed to be restored. Because if his identity is restored, food is not a problem. I say to people all the time, I stop praying for people to get money for what? Why will God deny you that? Me? Stay up. I used to do it before now. Call everybody name. Sister So, marriage. Don't do that. No. Brother So, so this year, I, I command doors of marriage to open. Yeah. Don't open that day. Before you go here, God has opened it for you. In my village, even my people, they marry self. What are you talking about? Mad people love each other. Don't pick them together. <laughs> they can't be you. Why? Forget. What you need to be restored to is your identity. You know who is good for you. You know how to make a choice. Because you are short of who you are. Remember, I'm talking about creating a vision, a life vision for yourself. And I started from this. Why was it very important that this boys, the father knew that food is not his problem. Where to live is not his problem. What he needed to be restored to was his identity. He needed to be sure of, of who he is. And then when he looks at the robe, he knows he's the same with his father. He looks at his ring. He knows he has authority. In fact, that hunger, if the joy of that itself will drive the hunger away. The joy of himself being restored. Imagine thinking, staying in his father's palace and thinking of his days of eating pig food. That's why I say to people, all this magic they do, they force people to praise God. Uh -uh. If they are forcing you to praise God, you have not seen who you are. Because if you see, you praise him, you thank him. Thanksgiving is normal. It's a normal thing that you do. And so, can I announce to you that any place that we are struggling is where we have not seen the light. See, eh? See, Oga. Let me tell you what religion did to damage our head. This idea that God has not done it eh, because we have not prayed enough. We have not begged him enough. We have not fasted enough. So, the picture you have is that God is in heaven sitting waiting for you. As you are praying, you say, oh yeah, you have not done it enough. Please, come on, come on. Hey, maybe you should add some thanksgiving to it. And then you ask some thanksgiving. Say, um, pray in the night. It's better. Do it in the night. Eh? 
night is that you are the last in the house. Go to the mountain. Hmm? Go to the mountain. Then you go to the mountain and come back. Ah, that day you fasted, you broke by 11 instead of 12. So you need to correct it. And then when you finish that, uh, check your service level in the house of God. How many souls have you won this year? Okay? Condemnation upon condemnation upon condemnation upon condemnation. It never brings life. It leads to death. Remember, what changed this boy's life was not working harder. It was to make a U-turn. That's all he had to do. Repent. That's all. Repent from seeing your father in that way. It doesn't matter how long they have taught you that. But that's not who God is. God is not sitting in heaven, folding his hand, waiting for you to fast very well. When you now fast, he will not open door for you. Which can God be that? That's not different from what my fathers believed about their God of thunder. He's good to you when you are good to him. If you keep the rules, perform the rituals. But if you verse, he will fire. Destroy your crops. Then you can't beg. Then you now bring the required sacrifice. Now, that's an Listen, that's a religious concept of God, not life in Christ. This boy, did you notice that this boy never had to ask for any of this? Did you notice that? He never had to ask. He was not even in a position to ask, to go and ask his father, give me a ring, for what? Just say, employ me as laborer, make a seafood job. So, the reason was to restore. That is why, if you listen to my messages carefully, if you follow everything I teach, it is designed to make you realize your identity. It is designed to make you, because I know that marriage is not your problem, money is not your problem, health is not your problem, all the other things you are doing around is not your problem. No, when you take your position, these things fall into place. You know why? Look up here. Because God has already made all that available. Is God going to throw husband from heaven for you? Maybe the guy is drinking gold somewhere now. He just needs to be born again. Somebody say amen. <laughs> He's shocking gold. <laughs> He's shocking gold. And then all of a sudden, boom! The message enters. The gold drinker becomes a carrier of the anointing. Somebody say amen. That's the power of this gospel. Hmm? That's the power of this gospel. Right. So don't waste your time. Focus on, listen, build, what we are trying to do is to build up the consciousness, the awareness of the reality of what you carry, who you are. And you know that you are not chasing money. Money loves you. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and they will tell you, sir, they will tell you, those who spend their time chasing money, it looks like they chase the money to run for them. <laughs> eh? But there are some people, every step they take, Mm -hmm. Looks like doors are opening everywhere. That's your reality in the name of Jesus. Amen. Remember, friends, remember, you cannot move a mountain outside that you have not moved where? On this side. Jesus says, you will say to this mountain, be there, remove, and cast into the sea. What did he say? And you didn't doubt in your heart. That's where the, the magic, the miracle is inside. It's in the heart. For no man can give what he does not have. No man can, can, you can't give what you don't have. And so if you are single here, and all you see is the value 
you are bringing into somebody's home the light that you carry you walk on that light to be sure of what it is you are the fragrance that is coming out of your body is not a body perfume is the peace of god don't spend too much time learning how to contour your face i don't have a problem with that but all that is useless if what is inside of you is thinking and the, in no matter how you take draw the thing in no matter how you take control the thing you go wash and come out and the man will see your face yeah yes but there is an influence you carry. There's a glory you carry. Huh? There's a glory you carry. There's an image that you carry. This is what we need to teach people. There's an image that comes out of you. There's a light that comes out of you. People may not be able to explain it, but they know there's something about you. Why do we spend too much time don't get me wrong, you know your pastor, I like to look good, I like everyone to look good. But that's just on the top. For so spend time internalizing our reality that I carry the right, I am the right, I look as God did, that's why I did. The righteousness I have is God's own because he gave me his robe. If I go to a church and say you are as righteous as God, they go this, this is heresy. But he gave me his righteousness. Did he water it down before he gave it to me? No. The story said he told them, go and bring the best robe, my own thing robe. And when you see that, the way you look at your body changes, the way you look at your life changes. I will not be the one to tell you where to go and where not to go, what to do and what not to do. Praise God. Because there's a light on the inside. I'm not here to put God inside you. Because if you are a believer, you have him inside. I'm here to help you see the God that you are and you carry. So you manifest it. Somebody say aloud, Amen. Don't forget, the reality that you are trying to create comes from what is coming out of you. Have we said that? Yes. It comes out of you. Wealth comes out of you. Riches comes out of you. Good marriage comes out of you. Good husband, out of you. Good wife, out of you. Everything is out of you. And this is why this father made sure that number one, his son, was completely restored. Now, let me tie this together with the other things we've been saying. Don't forget, we say that here, you become better, you do better, you do better. Is that true? And I'm telling you that the way to do it is to conceive or receive or see a life vision for yourself. I was doing a review here last Thursday. I know it's challenging because a lot of us are not used to think about a life like that. We just try to make money for the sake of making money. Marry for the sake of marriage. There's nothing that we're looking at. But don't forget, when you see that, then it tells you where to go, what to do, who to be with and who not to be with. It's no longer a challenge. And so that's what we said. And we said to do it is first of all, you got to see, have a life vision. This is something that encompasses every aspect of your life. We cannot live our life in compartments. It encompasses your health, wealth, grace, everything, where you're going, what you do, everything, all of them together, holistically. And to do that is what this father did for his boy. First of all, he gave him the foundation of his identity. Now that the boy knows where he stands, he knows what authority to use. His vision of letting me go and become a servant 
changed now? Yes, it has changed. And that's what it is. This is a gift that God gives to us in Christ. Righteousness, authority, royalty. He says, He says, our feet apart from the others. People can identify us. We are not slaves, we are sons. When we come to the marketplace, we come as sons. Let me tell you, those of you who do business, what's going to happen is that the more you see yourself in this reality, the quality of your decisions will change. The quality of your decisions will change. What you are doing now is try to do it like everybody else. That's how they do it, right? But that's why I said it's not giving business face. No, it's a person. And I told you long ago in this church that the interest of God is the quality of person that you are. When you start to internalize this as your reality, the quality of your decisions will change. Things like desperation cut out completely. You're not desperate. You know why? In fact, some of you are begging, begging will stop. I tell you the truth. Begging, begging will stop. You know why? <laughs> <laughs> you know why? You know why? Listen to me. Because once you realize who you are, what you carry, you know the value you are bringing to everything you go. You will know. When you walk into somebody's office, or walk into somebody's business, or go to propose somebody, you know the life that you carry. And no matter how, in fact, have you noticed that? The higher people go, the more problems they have. Is that true? Yes, you are not going to be. Okay, please help me now. When they hear why you came, they will save your number quickly. Because they need you. They need you. Okay, please, give me a moment to start business now. That man that you are talking to, he has more than 2,000 people on the same line already. Uncles are begging. Even dead people are coming back to beg him for help. <laughs> and then you now come and add yourself in that line. Well, thank you. When you go reach your turn, there is something you will say to him. You will jump to the front of the queue. And that comes because you know the light that you carry. You know the light that you carry. Did you know? Truthfully, did you know that in this country there are people who were begged to be governors? Do you know that? You know that they were on their own. People gathered and come, you must come and become governor. And those ones win easily. The ones who want to use their head to go and carry the thing, that then they spend their money. If they came to beg you, that then go carry the money, come. They play the politics. I'm telling you what's going on in this country. Listen to me. This man never talked about food. But he spent time restoring his son's authority. Because when he's aware of who he is, then he has a different focus for his life. Somebody say amen. Don't forget what I'm telling you. You need to know this. As you, whether you are casting, you are conceiving, you are receiving, or you are creating a life vision. It has to come from the foundation of who you are. Now, let me tidy up by saying this. I want to show you how to make it easier. How to draw a mental picture. 
so you can make it easier for yourself. Now, I said, and I've talked this throughout the week, to make this easier for you is to put a demarcation in your life. Mentally, all this thing I have said now is already our spiritual reality. What I'm going to share with you now is how to bring that spiritual reality to your awareness, to your conscious level, to your thought level, to your imaginative level. We don't have to pray for any of this to happen. He has already done it. But it's like what is in your spirit is becoming one with what is in your mind, in your thoughts, in your perception. Don't forget, perception always controls reality. Don't forget that. So, put a demarcation. Hmm? Mentally, put a demarcation between your old life and the, the new one. Technology. My background is technology. We will name it 2.0. System-wise. There's 1.0 of you. That is the one that didn't know who he was. There's a 2.0 version. That one is now the one that knows who he is. Make a division. Because in Christ, you and I have been raised to a new life. So we have a new life. So if you make a mental demarcation that separates your life between the dead time and the living one. Now I am living in the resurrected life. Because the Bible tells me, Romans chapter 6 verse 4, it tells me that when Christ died, I died. When he was buried, I was buried. And then I have been raised up to a freshness of new life. So I want to carefully, intentionally make a mental demarcation between my old life and a new one. The old one had no focus. But the new one, I have a vision for my life. Somebody say amen. amen. The old one was full of fear. But now, and I will show you also that that's also how God thinks about us. Because the example is here. So let me show you that example before we round off. Now, watch this. Before I show you that, quickly, let me borrow a little bit extra five minutes. Before I tell you that, let me tell you what happened in this story, the other side of the story. If you read that, please, when you go home, read this story. And use DPT. Hmm? Use DPT. Use another version. Use DPT so that you see the difference why we use DPT. Luke 15. Read the whole thing. The Bible tells about the reaction of the second son, of the first son of the man. The Bible says when he came back to the house, and then he heard the music and dancing in the house of God. Music and uh, dancing. Amen. Because that's what happened. If you meet, read the next line, the man threw a party. So when the older son came back, he heard that. He asked, what is going on? They said, oh, didn't you hear? Your brother came back and your father is throwing a party. The guy first. The guy verse. You know, in the stories of Jesus, it's amazing. Everything is explained. The guy verse. He went to his father and said to his father, Look at me. All these years I've served you. I've never left your house. I've never taken anything from you. And you have never done this kind of celebration. And then this son of yours, that's what he called him. He didn't say my brother. He said, now this in his mind, this useless son of yours is back and you're throwing a party for him. You know what Jesus was trying to represent? You know who he was talking about? Religious people. Religious people. The boy said, this speaks of those who were born 
raised in church they feel they think that they have known god they have always been with him but they don't have a revelation of who their father is the one in the house needed the gospel as much as the one that went out he came he's those who come to god and say father look at me now eh? when you were sleeping around i didn't sleep around now where's my husband god i prayed now i fasted eh? where's the breakthrough they bring their works before their father they bring they, they always and they are more frustrated but god I, me i used to be there don't let me kid i used to be there i would tell god i say father uh -uh. even if i sin now my own sin pass other people want i used to tell god that <laughs> i used to tell god that because we've been taught that if we can do this good works we'll qualify you know what the father said to him he said my son but ever since you've been here everything i have is yours that's what his father said to him go back and read it's always with you it's you that have refused to see it because you have not understood who i am even though we have been here together if he knew his father he would know that the man will rejoice when that boy comes home is that true yes that speaks of those who they think they know god if you talk bible now they will talk past you but they don't know who god is they don't have the revelation of his fatherhood they know him as god the boy said, I have kept your rules. I have done all the works. I have never left you before. No. He needed the gospel. And look up here. That's why when people try to quote too much Bible, come down to them and speak to their spirit. A lot of them are confused. They have no idea of who God is. They can write songs, quote God, preach Bible about song, about God. But they lack the revelation of his fatherhood. Let me show you the demarcation. Verse 45. And here we'll round up. I'm trying to tell, show you okay so this is what his father after the boy had complained this is what his father said to him it is only right that to celebrate like this and to be overjoyed because this brother of yours <laughs> was once dead and gone but now he's what somebody said demarcation you see how he demarcated the boy he was once dead so let's forget about his dead life now we celebrate because he's what alive watch this and he says and a life and back with us he was lost but now he's found is that a demarcation that's what i'm teaching you to do mentally put a demarcating line there's the other part of you that used to gossip before because you don't know who you are you used to sit down and talk about people that's the dead life that's the 1.0 life that's the zero life but now here the 2.0 what comes out of you is grace to everybody somebody say amen. amen you may have suffered losses or hardship didn't know how family broke apart didn't know what happened but all that belongs to the older life you were once dead but now you are alive you are alive who you are in christ you are alive to all that he has done for you you are alive to the reality that now you carry the signet the seal of sonship power authority you are alive you will the, on the other side you thought that you needed to rest so 
to change God, to get God's attention. Now you know that you are one with him. That's a demarcation. And from here on, whatever does not fall in line remains is part of the old life. Every form of struggle, old life, dead. Don't forget, dead in this circumstance is in our past. Because in Christ we have died. And when he rose, we rose to a newness of life. So when you think about your life, two versions. When you stumble in some certain things, say, no, that belongs to the old life. Somebody say, amen. You are helping yourself. I'm helping you to see how to create. Yes, in your eyes, mental image. The other life, sick, sick, all the time. Now sickness, they follow you all the time. That's another life. This one, no. In the other life, you ate whatever you saw. Buku too. Everything But now, you know that you are a special vessel. You have a great work to do. So you've got to keep fit. Somebody say amen. You see? Life lived on purpose now. In this other side, you have to beg God for bread. No. In this side, you come to thank him because you have all things are yours. In this time, this side here is that place you, you don't know whether you are saved or you are not saved. You are not sure. They say, even on the last day, even myself, I don't know whether I'll make it. Uh -uh. <laughs> that belongs to this camp. In this place, the Bible says that whoever believes will never perish. That's where I stand on this side. Look up here. This is where I'll round up. This is where I stop arguing Bible with people. Because I realize that those who talk about a God who kills and makes a life, those who talk about God who will give somebody cancer to teach him a lesson, they possess the knowledge of good and evil. They are reading God from the knowledge of good and the evil. That is why they see a God that can both do good and evil. I can argue with you. Because I'm dead to that knowledge. Here, I have a singular knowledge of God. It's the Father who loves me forever and ever, eternally. His love does not change. That's the knowledge I possess. So, what I can do for you is to speak to you to come over. But if you want to remain, no problem. I'm not going to force you. I argue no scriptures with nobody. If you want to quote Bible from here to here, because I realize that I possess a different knowledge of God from you. And if you read God from the knowledge of good and evil, you will never accept what we said. Because the kind of questions that will come to your mind was that in part is what if if I do like this? Good and evil. No, here my position is forever secure. Somebody say amen. amen. Is that your reality in this house? Is your position secured? Are you sure? Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. Say amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Let's stand up to our feet, everyone. Let's stand to our feet.